Welcome to the Crossline Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by Faces by Cynthia and Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies, meats cooked to order. You can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to feel at home anytime you visit, so make sure you stop by on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, and Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, and she would love for you to stop by and visit. So thank you to Miss Cynthia for Faces by Cynthia, and also Miss Charlene Davis from Charlene's Home Cooking for sponsoring this episode. Now today, this is a very special episode. First of all, it's good to be back. This is our first time, uh, this is our first interview in actually maybe about three months or so, you know, with the vibes yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been slowing things down, but this is also a special episode because you were one of the first interviews that we had. One of my favorite people to talk to, man. You, I, man. When I listen to you, um, I, I'm just always inspired. Yeah. And, and I joke with people when I tell them that, um, I was like, man, when I, when I talk to Ben, I was like, man, I'm ready to quit my. I just want to quit my job. I tell people that all the time because it's like when you when you talk to when you talk to people, you yeah. they listen to you. It's like, man, it's like I just want to quit. And 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 we I joke about it, but for a sense, it's serious for me because I know that the rock the path that we're on, yeah. like, it's going to come a time when we have to just part ways. Yeah, we're it's doing. coming. It's coming. So for everybody that's watching, if you haven't watched the first interview, please go back and do so. But today, my very special guest is Mr. Ben Hall. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. man. I really am. Like I'm, I'm just excited about this. It, uh, each time somebody's asking me to do anything like this, man, it just gives me more motivation and it, it lets me know I'm on the right track. I'm doing something right to to be able to sit down and share uh, more of my journey and where I, where I plan to go. Absolutely, and I, like we were saying off camera, when we we did the interview, it's been over two about two and a half years now. But when we when we first did it. We actually shot this interview at your home. Yeah, yeah. And just to see where you're at now, yeah. It just, just that feeling, that process, like yeah. you were always saying, it's, it's a journey, journey, man. man. It's a it beautiful was, journey. Yes, it is. Ah, and I enjoy it. Like, man, we we came such a long way. Yeah. And it's just like you, like time just flies by. You never know. But man, mm-hmm. just kind of talk about how how that is from where we were that first in that point in time when we shot this interview at your home to now you have a storefront. Talk about how that, how that feeling is. Uh, it's a great feeling, man. It's a great feeling of satisfaction. Like I said, it means more when you put in the work. Absolutely. You actually put in the work and you don't you don't necessarily owe nobody anything because you know it was brick by brick that you built uh, where you currently are. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful feeling because I actually I was like, man, I don't think this was even thought of. But the motivation and the inspiration and the, the, the boldness to speak it and to believe it was there. Like Even mm-hmm. though I wasn't in this current shop, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to get here. Right. And that is kind of the feeling of when you do get here, it just gives you more courage. It gives you more motivation. And you're able to, you know, add another notch like, man, wow, I can do more. I can do that. And it just gives you more motivation, man. It's just, it's, it's a sense of, there is no, I don't think there's a point in your life where you feel like you made it. Mm-hmm. At least not for me. So all of this is just a journey for me. It's a beautiful right. ride. A lot of ups and downs, but I'm, I take them all in the same light, man. And it makes that's what makes it special when you can start at one place, get to another place, and then you're always growing with your journey. So it feels amazing to be to do the interview at my home 
and then to now be in an actual physical location where people can kind of you can bring what you were talking about to life. Absolutely, it's, it's an amazing feeling, and, and I tell people all the time, man. I was like, I knew from the first time that we we spoke on the phone and we did, we conducted that interview. I was mm-hmm. like, man, this interview was going to be special because what happened when Dominique gave me a number and I reached out to you. Thank you, Dominique, for making that connection. Mm-hmm. It was like, all I did was just plan on giving you a simple phone call and just, you know, setting up the time. But when you when we spoke, you were just open and genuine and you were just asking me questions about my goals and what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And the information you were giving me, I said, okay, this is this is going to be a different interview. This yeah. is going to be something. So <laughs> this is going to be special, man. So that's why I'm just so happy to be yeah. here, man. It, like I said, it's good to be back. Yeah. Um, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's amazing that over two years, like, yeah. The growth that we we both had and yeah, the journey. I, I've seen it. I've the, seen the you process. grow, and that makes it even special to, to come back. And we both were at a, at a certain point, to now we're both at another um, right. point in our lives, and it just shows how both people can grow. Mm-hmm. It's your choice, like what you're doing and how you take control of things. Absolutely. So, so how has life, if at all, has changed for Ben since the last point in time? Um. It has changed. Like, I'm always full of fire just um, to get done what I'm trying to get done. So each day has just been a blessing to get up and, and go to work uh, for myself. Mm-hmm. But um, what's more, I, I, I guess to put it in perspective, responsibility has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gained more responsibility on my plate. Um, to whom much is given, much is required. And I have to remind myself of that daily because... Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get caught up in asking for the blessing, but then when it comes and then you realize, man, I didn't ask for all this extra. That's what comes with it. Um, so as you grow in business, like, like for instance, when I was baking at home, it was just me. I would, um, you know, if you called and asked for a cake, I would get it done and contact you and go get it to you. Mm-hmm. But now you're in a storefront. So now I have over six employees that help navigate that, my business for me. We're a right. team. And that comes with you having to oversee a lot more. And you having to delegate duties and, and uh, somebody may fall short in this area or things may not go directly as planned that day. But you have to stay on course. You have to still keep moving. You have to still keep pushing and roll with the punches. So if I had to sum it up in one word, I would say responsibility in my life has changed with what all I have to be responsible for and navigate uh, being a, a commercial shop owner and dealing with uh, managing employees and things like that. Do you feel, you know, as a as a business owner now, you say, like you said, you have six employees. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's more pressure for you, knowing that people's livelihoods are kind of like depending on you and like you taking care of them? Yeah, uh, it's definitely a lot of um, pressure, but I call it good pressure. You got to mm-hmm. realize nothing really worth having is not birthed without pressure. I mean, you Absolutely. look at a diamond, you got to have pressure to get that beautiful diamond. Women like a diamond on a green, well. She has to understand the process it takes to birth that diamond. Um, even with the pearl, you know, a clam holds it and it can generate the, the sand, however that creation is, but even that's put under pressure. I always tell people a beautiful ice sculpture. If you walk in the room and see it, what you didn't see is all the chipping away and all the, the clanking and, and all that going on to right. produce that. Mm-hmm. So it's a good pressure that I need on me to hold me accountable. That's Absolutely. what we need, accountability. So Knowing that I have people that work for me, um, great people, I might add, a great group of people that work for me. I call them my teammates. I don't necessarily say employees uh, just because I, they are my teammates. I don't, I don't, And I work for them. A lot of people can get that twisted of thinking you have people work for you. But if you don't get in the mindset that you work for them, 
things may not run as smoothly because you can get you can get comfortable. You can get lazy thinking, oh, I got people working for me. No, you are at the head and you got to stay on top of things to make sure everybody else is staying on top of their game. Absolutely. But it's good pressure. I, I, I take on that responsibility with pride that somebody is somewhat dependent on me to make a living. And like I always tell people, they don't care what you went through, how much product you sold that week. I put in these many hours. I'm looking for my paycheck that's on true. Thursday. And that's, that's that's the type of mindset you have to have. And that just helps you stay in control of your finances, helps you stay in control of managing your business in the right way, not getting careless or frivolous. You always got them in mind with every move that you make. Absolutely. And like I said, since that last time, so much has changed in the world, even the past six, seven months with, with COVID uh-huh. taking place. How has that in any way kind of impacted business for you? Man, uh, I would say that's where my faith my faith comes in the biggest part because when storms come or obstacles come, I embrace them. Like I don't mm-hmm. run from them. So it's like when it came, all I was thinking was, okay, how do, how do I maneuver? I knew first and foremost whatever the government told me to do, I was gonna have to do. But if they didn't tell me I had to close, I didn't see the fact too close. Right. I was like, I'm gonna let the people speak for me, meaning. If customers are still walking in that door, then we're going to still serve them proudly. And I'm thankful for that. Ever since this thing is hit, customers have been walking in that door from the day one to now. And that that says a lot about us. That says a lot that we have a product that they're uh, willing to support and come out of their house for. Um, it's just special. But you got to, that's why I tell people, you got to work on your brain because life is a journey and things are always going to happen. Absolutely. Opposition is always coming. But if you have a big enough purpose and a big enough why, it don't matter if it's COVID, whatever. If I'm still above ground, I'm going to keep pushing. It's just that simple. I'm not going to bow down to anything that comes against me. Absolutely. That is so true. And like you said, it's like it's so much that you can take from it. Like a lot of people look at the negative, but I, you try to focus on the positive. Yeah. Say, one of the things for me that kind of was good thing with COVID, of course you don't like to see people pass away yeah, from, uh-huh. from, from this virus, but yeah. it's like for it, it gave everybody a chance, you know, take a moment in time to just be still and like oh, focus man. on what's like really important because like you said, material things it just, that's all it is, just material things but life is more precious and then the time that you have to spend with your family but for you, what was the one of the biggest lessons you learned during this time like, COVID? For us, it just you, you said the positive side? Mm-hmm. Positive um, side well, the positive side, like you said, I think um, there, there's a reason for everything, man. I'm a firm believer in that. And like you said, mm-hmm. you don't want to see people pass away and people that have lost loved ones in this time. I'm, I'm, my heart goes out to them. I'm not saying it's OK and get over it. What I'm saying is if you look at nature and that's why I study nature, everything has to happen. It's just like when you see trees and the leaves fall off of them in a certain time of year, that has to happen. Absolutely. In order for that certain things to pollinate the ecosystem, there's certain animals that have to regulate other animals. The circle of life has to happen. And I think when you get a better understanding of life and your faith is in the right place, even when catastrophic things or events like COVID happen, you still stay mentally strong and understand that, hey, this is a part of life. Mm-hmm. This has to happen. You know what I mean? Death is something that we all got to face. So whether it's during this time or next year or 10 years from now, it's coming to you. And I'm not saying like we should wish for it and just wait till it comes. I'm saying understand the laws of life, understand how life works, and it'll help. It'll give you a better understanding when life hits you. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell people that life is going to continue to happen. Things are going to come against you. So I think the biggest lesson that I learned from COVID was just 
and continue to learn from COVID is patience. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you're going to be put in positions where you have no control. Right. And how do you navigate with somebody when you absolutely have no control? Mm -hmm. It's a prayer, the serenity prayer, I believe, that says, uh, God help me not stress the things I cannot control, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's why I look at it when the word comes in and you stand on that word. You don't just speak it, you actually believe it, you stand on it, you walk it, you live it. And that's what helps me navigate and see the positive side of everything. I train my brain to see the positive side of everything and it helps me stay focused. It helps me stay in good spirits no matter what's going on. So I would say the biggest thing or lesson that I learned is patience. Right, absolutely. Because like you said, it's, life is always going to give us these options. Mm -hmm. you, you still have to keep on going regardless. And like I said, the only thing that's guaranteed is death. And it, and it kind of ties into my next question. I remember we you, I always tell people this piece of advice that you told us during that first interview. I, and I know I keep bringing that up because I, that first interview was so so special that uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. And one of the things that that you said that I always tell people is you can't get out of life alive. And I want you to talk a little bit about that because that was such a powerful quote. And I tell people that when I see him, when we, when we talk about this interview, I say this one of the biggest pieces of advice that I took away from the interview was when you say you can't get out of life alive. Talk, talk about, about that quote again. Man, that thing hits me so hard. When I say you can't get out of life alive, it really touches me and gives me so much motivation because I'm like, I think we play life too safe. I mm -hmm. think sometimes we don't make certain decisions because we say, oh, I may get hurt. Uh, that's a big risk to take. Uh, but the thing is, what, why are you playing it safe? Mm -hmm. Like you can't get out of life alive. So it's like whether you hide under a rock for 100 years or you're somebody that goes bungee jumping every day, either way, death is coming to you. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's going to happen. You could hide for 100 years. And like I said, at some point, death coming under that rock say, hey, man. You, it's been a good one, man, but I'm coming to get you. It's mm -hmm. your time. So you can't hide from it. You can't escape it. So that's what I'm trying to get people to see is the big picture and saying, take some risks. Live a little. Mm -hmm. Take some risks. You know, there's no there's no rewards without risk. So I feel like people should understand that. And then you can't get mad when you see somebody take a big risk and hit when you were too scared to play that, right. that card, right? Like if you go to Vegas and you say, man, I'm putting it all on five, right? And five hits. And you, you were so scared, you put $10 on five. So both of y'all hit, but one hit big and one hit little because of what he was willing to risk and put down. Absolutely. So I want to just reiterate that and get people to understand that in life, you get out of what the, what you're willing to risk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I quit my job, like I said, I was willing to risk big. I, I, you know, a lot of things I didn't have in place, but I was like, I want something major out of life. I want to do something big with my life. So that comes with me jumping all in. And not being able to be afraid of taking a loss, whether right. that was, you, like I said, you can't get out of here alive. So whether it's death or whatever it is, I'm willing to accept the consequences for my own actions. Mm -hmm. and, but that allows me to play big. It allows me to win big if I do hit, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I like going big. But to anyone that's listening, I just want you to know that it's okay to make strategic moves. It's okay to plan. It's okay to be careful. It's okay to be smart, but at the end of the day, the quote still stands firm and serves purpose in my life that you can't get out of life alive. Absolutely. It's like it's never a a perfect time to, you know, to make that move. It's like, like for me, sometimes I think, you know what, I want to have this amount of money before I just leave and everything. But it's like something like it's always something that's going to come up. It's like it's just never that perfect time. You just have to bet on yourself. It ain't coming. 
Exactly. And it's like you just have to you just got to do it. You just got to go I, all in. I think what you said is very important. And people have to understand that there's no perfect time uh, that's going to come. You know, mm-hmm. I think we've all been in a situation where we say, I'm going to save this amount of money. But if you, you ever get almost to that amount of money, then something goes wrong with the car. Mm-hmm. Or somebody asks to borrow some money or something comes to kind of disrupt that journey to where you say I'm going to save a mm-hmm. thousand. But then when you get 800, somebody, a, a catastrophic event happens or you have to pay something for mm-hmm. an unexpected bill. And it's like you keep trying to get to this point, but you realize life is always going to happen. So I feel that it's better you take control and just create your own perfect time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always like you have to have that mindset, a positive mindset. And yeah. for me... I don't want to push religion on anybody, but when, when those things come up in my life, mm-hmm. I feel like it's God just telling me, like, how bad do you want it? Do you really want to do it? Or it's like, okay, I just want to wait and just figure out another time to do this and put it off. But procrastination will kill you at the end of the day. If you just keep waiting to that to that perfect time, it's like you'll you'll be waiting forever. And I have people reach out to me about podcasts, ask me different questions. And my, my best advice for them, I always tell them, is like, hey, do what I did. I just started. Yeah. And I was, that's just Get the best started. way to do it. Chris Gardner has a book that I read. Um, uh, it's by Chris Gardner. It's called Start Where You Are. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is the, I think, the guy behind uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Okay, okay. That movie was based well, off his life. life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but one of the things he means by start where you are is like start with what you have. It's like I tell people, you're never going to have all of this stuff put together. It's never mm-hmm. coming. So I was making one cake at a time. I didn't have this whole bakery. I didn't have a big stove. I didn't have all this uh equipment, nothing. But I said, hey, if I could just make one cake, the best cake that I can make and give that to somebody, and then they may tell somebody, and then I make that cake. It's a journey. Fall mm-hmm. in love with that beautiful journey, brick by brick, building whatever it is you're trying to bring to life. But don't get caught up in thinking you got to have all of this stuff because you'll end up talking yourself out of moving. That's just right. like when you say, I want to do this, and then you start talking yourself out of it by saying, well, I don't have this amount of money yet. Or I don't have this in place yet. I don't have this. You start looking at all of what you don't have instead of saying, well, at least right now, I do got a stove. I can bake here. You know, like I just started with what I had. Mm-hmm. And you'll understand that it'll get clearer and clearer and things will start to come together. But you got to get started. Nothing great has ever been done without a start. Absolutely. So that's the biggest key. So so what do you tell your employees um because they see that you had a vision mm-hmm. and it's so important and they see everything that you work and time that you put in and now you have this. What do you tell your employees that may want to step out? And and, I, and it's, for them, I would tell them this is a great opportunity for them working for you to just pick your brain and, yeah. and learn how to create their own opportunity, start their own business. What kind of things do you tell your employees who are thinking about, you know, creating their own opportunity and stepping out on faith? What do you tell them? Man, I, well, I continue to make sure they understand my own journey. And I think, believe it or not, man, matter of fact, I know I'm not going to say I think I know that the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I do things inspires them as far as they can see me. So mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not necessarily me doing a lot of talking to them. They see a man coming here and work. They see a man willing to do whatever for him. They see a man will, who will not get paid and they get paid first. They see a man that will make sure that they're straight before me. Right. Mm-hmm. So and they see me walk through faith. Even when we first opened, there was people that came in and they were like, "What are you going to do about ice cream in the winter?" And, 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 and you know what I'm saying, trying to point out the negative. They didn't see me bud. They never see me sweat. They never see me cold. So it's like I think 
instead of doing a lot of talking, they see my action. They see a man of faith every day. I don't get up. I don't care if it's we've opened, been open five hours and nobody's came in the door yet. You don't see me say anything negative. You don't see me budge. I keep believing. I keep knowing that God's going to take care of what he has helped build. And I think that's my biggest weapon, not even weapon, but my biggest teacher to anybody that is around me. They will learn through my actions. I'm big on actions. I'm big on standing on the words that I speak. So if I talk about faith, you're going to see faith reflected in my life. Um, but if it's one thing I think I tell them all the time is that believe in yourself, have faith. Mm-hmm. Um, we have entrepreneurs within this uh situation that I mean out of the six employees everybody literally everybody is talking about something that they want to do on their own right and I love that I don't look at my anybody that works for me I don't look at them and say no you got to stay here this is your job this is no Mm -hmm. I would rather be a funneling system if everybody that works for me now funneled out and got their own business and I was able to help with that that would make me more proud. Mm-hmm. I just have to find six more employees. Right. I'm not in the business of holding people captive. I would be going against my own life, my own words if I try to say, no, you, you, you're not more than a job, right? Mm-hmm. Like what I look like telling you that you can't go anywhere, you can't do more with your life, and I'm trying to do it with my life. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I think everybody's built to do something great, mm-hmm. but there's also soldiers in this life that are built to help win a battle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I always use myself as an example. Uh, I'm not married. I'm single. I don't have any kids. And a lot of people look at me sometimes and wonder, like, why is that? And it's, it's by choice, honestly. But at the same time, I feel something in my spirit that I'm called to a different purpose. There's nothing wrong with having a girlfriend or having a wife or having kids and having a white picket fence. I'm not against that. What I'm saying is there's people in this world that have to do things that the average person don't can't do so you can live a comfortable life. There's people in Iraq that go to war for us so we can be safe. Right. Absolutely. Right? So I look at myself as a, as a soldier in this world that has to get out here on the front lines to inspire people, to help people. And sometimes that comes with not getting to do some of the simpler things that you may want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Right? When you when you submit and, and vow your life to do something big, it's going to come with a lot of sacrifices that you're going to have to live with. Absolutely. And I think that says more it's more of a testament to you as your as a as a person and in your character that you inspire your employees. So if they do one day go off and on their own business ventures, it makes you look great to yeah. know that you instill these things in them and the people that you talk to, how you inspire them. And I I wanna kinda of pick go back to a little bit of something about the last statement you made okay. also with when you said something about, you know, in the wintertime people come in and ask, you know, what are you gonna do about the ice cream getting cold? It's like that negative thought. Yeah. What is it that you think makes people have those negative thoughts for some reason? It's, it's, I know it's not everybody, but sometimes, you know, it's like it's like natural instinct. That it's, you know, it's always, I want to do this or whatever, but just that negative instinct just kicks in. Well, I'll go, I'll go even deeper, and I know you'll be able to understand me, but the brain is designed to protect us. If you're walking right here and I trip you up and you fall, your hands will automatically come out to stop you. That's just designed to keep you alive. As a baby, you're, you're, you're born... Your brain is designed to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. That's what this thing does, keep you alive. It helps you make smart decisions. Something's hot, you don't touch it. You learn, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. You've never seen nobody get burnt and keep getting burned. They learn. Your brain says, oh, remember that? That's hot. Don't do that again. Mm-hmm. So the brain is automatically wired to not necessarily be negative, but it's designed to protect you. 
So if somebody comes in this door and it's wintertime, naturally, just because the brain is designed to protect them, they'll say, well, what are you doing about ice cream? Because that's what's on the brain. It, it can't help but be curious about the negative thing. Mm-hmm. So they're good. That's why people don't really get out and do a lot of things is because they're already focusing on the negative. The yeah, brain absolutely. is designed to say, hold up, we got to keep you alive. So this is not a smart move. Quitting your job? What are you doing? You have mm-hmm. a safety net here. You make so X amount of dollars a week. You're able to pay your job. Why would you leave this comfortable situation? Right. Your job is not, your, your brain is not wired to do that. So I don't, I don't knock people. I understand people. I understand the psychology of people and why mm-hmm. they're taught to think negative, why they're taught to believe that certain things can't be done. You got to mm-hmm. realize this takes boldness to, to sit here and do something that's impossible. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of technology, a lot of things that we use and have fun with couldn't have been created without somebody having the guts to say, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Out of 20 people saying, I mean, a million people saying you can't, somebody still has to be crazy enough to say, yes, I can. I just believe that this can happen. So, like I said, I don't I don't knock people. I understand people, and I understand why that if you walk into a room and you see something that may not look safe, or you see something that may not look prosperous, that your brain is automatically curious, like, man, I wonder why this isn't going to work. I, I wonder what you're going to do for ice cream in the winter. Right. It's just a design. It's just the way people are wired. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the courage to keep pushing even when everybody else is saying you can't. That's why self-belief is so important because you have to continue to believe even when times get tough, even when today doesn't look like you're going to make it, you have to be able to have faith to say, I'm I'm still going to get there. I don't care what today looks like, I'm still going to make it. That takes courage. That's why I tell people who you hang around and who you have conversations with is going to be very crucial in your life because if if you told me a dream, and I'm your best friend, and you told me your dream, and I say, Carlo, how are you going to do that? Look where you're from, man. Don't nobody around here do that. We do this. If I right. if I just spit negative and you don't have any self-belief, it's over. you need to hang around mm-hmm. people that are that are, are boosting you up, that are having confidence in you. Mm-hmm. Even sure. when it's dangerous or even when it may not look safe, you still got to take a risk mm-hmm. just to see. A wise man once said, only one who risks going too far can find out how far one can go. Think about that. And also, uh, like you said, I can't tell you how many times people, just because of what we work at, mm-hmm. people would say, you know what, this is a, a great company you work for. You need to stay there. They got great benefits yeah. and you can retire here and all that. But to me, it's just like, that's, and that's that's why I named this more than a job, like my business more than a job. And we have the Crosswalk Podcast and we have a lot of different things under that umbrella because to me, Kind of similar to LeBron, with like more than an athlete. They mm-hmm. they want to be known as more than athletes, and and I tell people I want to be known as more than just more than a job. You know, just somebody that's just going to work, yeah. picking up a paycheck. Life is more than just picking up that paycheck. But mm-hmm. like a lot of times, people will tell us, "Man, you you work for this great company. They got great benefits. Um, they're like, man, you just need to stay there, and and that's it. And it's like, if that's all I'm working to do, then what what am I here for? Like, what is my purpose? And it's just like, man, I just. I just want to get people more out of that mode of, of just like, you know, just staying somewhere because it's safe and just staying somewhere because they have benefits or because yeah. you can make a good paycheck. Because at the end of the day, you can always get another job. You can always you'll be always there to pick up a paycheck. But once once you just lose your cause, lose your purpose, then it's like, what's the point? There's a, you're right. I, there's a small window of opportunity, man, when it comes to things. I, that's why I tell uh, young kids. Um, 
if you can get some of the stuff that I'm telling you now, oh man, it's gonna help you so much in life because mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna be so far ahead. Um, but once again, it goes back to the brain. It's designed to protect you, man. Mm-hmm. So if I got a, a job that's paying me X amount of dollars, I'm able to take care of my uh, wife and kids. I'm, um, we got benefits, we got dental, we got health and all this insurance packages. Hey, that's a hard thing to leave. Right. Because that's comfortable. That's a safety net. And, mm-hmm. and, and the great ones do it without no net. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you go to a, uh, you ever took your son to the circus yet? We haven't went to, went to the zoo, not circus. Okay, well, if you try, if you're taking, you know, when you go to the circus or you see it on TV and you see the guy doing the tightrope, right? Mm-hmm. If he has a net under him, you're not that scared for him mm-hmm. because you know, like, oh, he's tightroping, but there's a net. So if he falls, that net's going to catch him. Right. It's when you see somebody doing something without a parachute or without that net under him. Now you get me. And now it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Man, if he falls, oh my God! You know that's why we like to see people get in the water with whales and, and get in the in the cage with tigers because we know, like, man, it's just him and that tiger. And if, if something goes wrong, there's nobody there to save him. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like. That's what it's like versus having a job. That job is that net. Yeah, but when you remove that net, I tell people you don't understand. If you remove that net, do you know how much more focused that that guy's gonna be tight roping? Right. I tell people there's a there's a beast in you that you can't bring out until you put your own back against the wall. Mm-hmm. You can't sure. bring that out of you. If, right. if you don't put your own back against the wall, it's you're not going to be able to be a certain person. Sure. That's why coaches can be so great. They don't even play the game, but coaches get a lot of credit because if I'm your coach and I can make you mad and piss you off, I can bring out right. another side of you yeah, on that absolutely. court mm-hmm. that you can't get out of yourself. Absolutely. So sometimes you have to put your back against the wall. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but there was a, a, a group of men that went to war back in the days and they drove these ships mm-hmm. over to this island. There was 100,000 people on the island and it was only 5,000 of them on the ship. And when they got off the ship and seen all the people, they got scared and they was ready to get back on the boat and run. But the captain said no. He took a, a torch, he burned the boats, and now they had nothing to get, get on. You know what they did? They took over the island. Had no choice. Because they had no choice. Their back was against the wall. You're going to bring out a different animal when you put yourself against the ropes, man. Mm-hmm. You can't get that beast out of you playing it comfortable and playing it safe. What What is it about, like, the entrepreneurs and, like, the, like the mindset? It's, it's like they, they don't they don't cave in. It's like that, that belief in themselves. Like, when other people have these doubts, what is it that makes these entrepreneurs, like, talk about their mindset, what keeps them, drives them to keep going and being great? What, what is it? Because it's, it's like it's like some, something like a natural instinct in them that propels them. Like when everybody else, you know, stays in that safety net, yeah. but they they continue to press forward. I think it's a it's a uh, part of it is just something that's in you. Sometimes it can be because uh, it's hard. You can create entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, but I think some are actually born because some just won't stop because they're looking for something bigger than 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 money. Um. For instance, I, I, this is me personally. My biggest asset to me, and the one thing that gives me so much joy when I wake up, it has nothing to do with money. Right? So I'm able to attack my dreams as an entrepreneur because I'm not moved by the one thing you would think people would want. is money. Right. Freedom is what drives me. So I could be making just enough money to survive, but I'm a free man. That's right. 
So I value that more than anything. So that drives me. It's your why. It's why mm-hmm. you do something that's going to keep you going towards that goal, keep you beating at that wall. So I think uh, the biggest asset to most entrepreneurs that they have is their why. That's why do you do it? So if you have a big enough why, then you're going to take a beating. You know what I'm saying? Like I told you, if if, if why you want to, that's why they say it's not the size of the fight, the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the fight and the dog. Mm -hmm. That's a true story. It's not just talk. That's real. So it's like it's the size of the fight in these entrepreneurs and their reason why they want to be entrepreneurs. What's driving them? What's that thing that they can't live without? If money doesn't make them happy, most entrepreneurs don't. I know entrepreneurship can generate money. Mm -hmm. Let's not talk crazy and act like money isn't something that we need or something that is uh, used as motivation. What I'm saying is they're willing to leave a comfortable situation. So if money was that what they wanted, then they would just stay at the comfortable situation. So I think most entrepreneurs that have that bite, that have that dog, there's something that money can't really do. Like there's something bigger than the average person would want. And so me, that's freedom. Right. The freedom to go serve my community, the freedom to uh, go speak to schools and churches at my own will, the freedom to, to have my shop closed on a Monday and me and you doing this interview and not one person can stop that. Not one person can say, hey man, you can't do this today. That feeling is way, that makes me keep going no matter what comes against me. That is my driving force, is knowing that if the school calls me or if I can go help mentor this kid, I'm free to do that. So in business, you think I want to get up and bake cakes every day? No. It's the reason why I do it that gives me the fuel to get up every day and bake cakes. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily what I'm doing. It's why I'm doing it that keeps me going. Right. And it's kind of tied into what I was going to ask you, because I remember when I came one time to visit you uh, in the past. And it was this lady came. We were sitting down talking, and this lady came in, and she was she was just basically saying like, "You're blessed, and you must love what you're doing mm-hmm. because you you have your own business." Yeah. And, and you kind of like saying it's like talking, just basically answered it like the, that freedom that it gave you to do what you want to do. It was like that was kind of why it's like. Would you say it's kind of not necessarily your passion, but it was just kind of like was it all about just that freedom, like you were saying? Well, it's no, I I've fallen in love with baking. I've mm-hmm. fallen in love with what baking is allowing me to do. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't love something that's giving them the, the freedom and ability to do what they love? Right. Think about that. I'm I love baking mm-hmm. because baking allows me to do what I love. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't I fall in love? Why wouldn't I be passionate about what I'm doing? I I tell people even down to my teammates that work with me. I tell them when you cut cake, you I, I'm cutting cake with the purpose. So I need you to cut that cake. And prepare that cake the same way. Mm-hmm. This is my freedom. So when I bake a cake, I'm baking for my freedom. I can't give you just anything. I can't just put no mess up on a plate and give it to you. That's my cool. freedom lies in that plate. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't I be passionate about my presentation? Why wouldn't I be passionate about how I whip that cake up and present it to you? Because everything I'm working for is in that cake. That cake holds my freedom. So yes, I love baking. Yes, I'm passionate about mm-hmm. it. And I'm thankful for what it allows me to do. That's cool. So we'll go back a little bit. What what would you say was probably like if you had one, maybe like a, a rock bottom moment for you where, where you was like, I, I need to figure out how to do something else. What would you say was kind of like that moment for you? 
What, you mean like I need to figure out how to do something else? What do you yeah, mean Yeah, I that? guess like maybe realizing that working uh, nine to five or whatever wasn't fulfilling and you like, I need to just, you know, step out on faith and just start my own business. What, what, was there any kind of moment where it was just like a moment where you were just like at your lows, where you just didn't know what you wanted to do, where you felt lost? And then you just turn to bacon. Like, what was the moment for you? Well, I've had a few moments like that in my life, honestly. I mean, I think because uh, sometimes people can think because I played football and because I went to college and because I actually had a little moment in the NFL or whatever, they can look at that and say, well, man, you were doing what you love. In actuality, I was just following a path. Football just happened to take me to that place. But it wasn't my life's work. It wasn't my purpose. It wasn't my passion. So. After football, I was left with a moment of like, man, what do I do with my life now? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as working at my job, the, the last job I was at, it's it's just a feeling that you get, man. It's something that's in you that just tells you, man, it's got to be more to life than this. And mm-hmm. I think it came when when I wanted to start doing more of my life and I found out that the my job wasn't giving me those days. Like I would ask for the day off and they say no. And it really bothered me to the point where I was like, how did I get here? How did I get to a point where another person can dictate my life? Mm -hmm. Like, how did I get here? And I had to really look in the mirror and evaluate myself and say, how did I get to a point where now that I'm ready to make a move, I'm ready to do something more with my life. There's somebody that can put, put a shutdown on that. And so that's what led me to searching for more and more in life. But mm-hmm. if you're acting like a rock by the moment within entrepreneurship or any any of entrepreneurship. Oh man, it's, there's been plenty of, of moments in entrepreneurship. Like I said, I quit my job with eight hundred dollars in my pocket. I did not know my next move, man. Like it was it was bad. I was like, man, what do I do? Um and I remember a time, man, where I couldn't even I, I was I couldn't even pay some bills, man. Um and I had to ask my best friend. He he had to uh, pay a couple of bills for me uh, at one point, and it was bad. Like I was literally in the point of, of crying, man, just just because I felt like I I felt like it wasn't gonna work at the time, and I felt like, man, I need to be start doing something else. And you're a grown man, you know what I'm saying? I'm thirty something years old, and I'm and, and I'm like can't pay my own bills, man. And I'm sitting here trying to follow this passion. I'm trying to follow mm-hmm. this dream. And I'm just falling a little short. And my pride is in the way. You don't want to ask nobody for nothing, man. And, and you don't want to reveal what you're going through. And it's tough. But that was a moment for me, man, where I had to make a decision. But like, I, I think T.D. Jake said it once before. It's called the thresholds, man. If you're not going, you're not mastering the breaking point. If you're not getting to a point where you're almost ready to quit, but then you still fight, even at that worst moment, you still push through. That's when you. That's when your whole life changes because you realize the lowest of the low ain't it. It ain't over, and you realize like, man, if I can master getting through those days where I feel like giving up, it's on now. So that was a low point for me, man. Um, but lucky, I had a good friend in my life, man, that was able to do it with no judgment. Paid him back in full. Um, never had to ask him again. It was that one time. Uh, and that's what's so special about it because it's like he was able to help me get through that hump. And I was able to give him a return on his investment to show him, man, you helping me didn't go in vain. I just wasn't help. You wasn't helping me just to. 
to get me through another day. You helped me, and I showed you that, that what you gave me was worth it. You see what I'm saying? It was worth you putting your time, energy, mm-hmm. effort, and finances into it. And then it also, I guess, and I feel like this part of, part of entrepreneurship also, sometimes you may need somebody you're going to have yeah, to ask for help. Like, yeah. you, you can't do it alone. Yeah, it takes a village, man. But yeah. you have to, I tell people all the time, it's easy to help somebody that's trying to help themselves. Mm-hmm. If I that's see true. you trying and I see you just, like if you're trying to, if you're walking home and you're climbing this big old hill and I ride past you and it's hot and it's the middle of the day, I'm going to stop because I'm like, man, this person obviously is moving, trying to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you see somebody sitting down on the side of the road, you don't feel so compelled to help, help. because it's like, if they sitting down, they may be in a comfortable spot. They may not want to move. They may not be trying to get nowhere. But if somebody's actually walking, you now you think, oh, they got somewhere to be. Or they trying to get somewhere. So let me see if I can help them get to that spot they are trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So if you're moving and you're making progress, it's easy for somebody on the outside to look in and say, hey, I'm going to reach out and help that person. It's just like if you had a foundation and you were helping less fortunate kids or something. Uh, didn't you give out some book school supplies? Yeah, and we stuff? gave away some school supplies, book bags, and uh, gift cards to buy shoes. Think about that. that okay, that's special. Somebody sees you giving out book bags and gift cards. So, who's to say this year somebody doesn't say, "Man, I saw what you did last year. Man, here's five hundred dollars towards you giving away book bags this year because mm-hmm. I see what you're doing." Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying is that when you're already in the movement, you're already doing something for yourself, and you may need a little bit of push. Or somebody to just to help you get through, it's easy for people to do that. And and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. But for the most part, I say let your grind talk for you, man. Let your grind talk for you. You're going to attract people that are going to help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to attract them. Oh, somebody's going to be like, Carlos, man, you always doing an interview. You always doing this, man. I thought you make it use this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that may be. But somebody's seeing your grind. Somebody's watching you grind. Somebody's watching you do things. Uh, I've had people that come to me uh, just and say, I, I, I saw these containers. I had them. I don't know if you could use them for your business or not. Why? Because they know I make cakes. They know I'm on the scene enough to know that's what he does. So if I see something pertaining to cakes that I may be able to help, I know who to get to because they are on the ground with cakes. Absolutely. And they, and they just made, actually made me think about what we're doing now in Union on Tuesdays. We have something called Union It's Time We Talk. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about having a discussion on how we can fix our community and focusing on the positive, positive instead of negative. That's what's and my, right my there, barber, man. he actually uh, presented an idea to me. He he's, he see, he knows the work that I'm doing. Thank and, you. and he thought high enough for me. He said, man, I think you're a great speaker. Thank and I, you. I would love for you to come be the moderator of it, of this panel that mm-hmm. I put together. So we've been doing it. Um, this will be the fourth or fifth episode yeah, tomorrow. That is, that is but it, it made me feel good to know that he thought that much of me mm-hmm. to invite me to want me to be a part of that panel and, you know, have this debate about how we can fix our community. So like you're saying, it, it absolutely is true, man. It's just... You, you wouldn't just have, doing nothing. If you weren't making no noise, your name, your face, no thought of you would have came up in his mind. Absolutely. And I, I just want to be an example. Like, I want to inspire people mm-hmm. and show them, like, I'm, I'm putting in the work. Yeah. Um, to, that to, takes boldness, man. It, it takes courage to put yourself out there as a leader, to put yourself out there as somebody that says, hey, I stand behind my word. Uh, that's why I take, I, I, I think, and be, you know, you got to be careful what you're doing out here because you are a leader. You're in a leadership position. That mm-hmm. comes with a lot of backlash if you're out here doing the wrong thing. So you have to think and you have to be bold enough to speak things and bold enough to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Hey, I'm going to do this. And that, but that, draws people to you, man, when you're able to speak and walk with such confidence. 
Absolutely. Like, like you just saying, speak about that because you just like you telling us off camera and then you mm -hmm. said it again about speaking the power of your words and speaking about things. Talk to people about how important it is to like the power of your words. I remember when you were telling me like just when we were talking about planning this interview. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm, I'm trying to transition from from to from leaving my job to to doing this full time. And you and you, you like you said, don't try. You say you say I am. I'm I'm in that tra I'm transitioning. I am going to do it. Yeah. Like just talk to people about the power of your words. Man, uh, one thing you know, we talked about the first book I read that uh, really helped me see what I was doing wrong as far as speaking, and that was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think, man, that's a great subject because they always said it when you were younger. You heard your grandparents, you heard people talk about. It. They say life and death is in the power of the tongue. You ever heard that Absolutely. before? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> excuse me, it's almost like we didn't believe it or we didn't understand what they were saying. But it's a real thing. Like life and death is in the power of the tongue. And that's why I said, if you're going to speak, why not use it to speak power? Why not use it to speak uh, something great on your life? Like, why speak negative? I don't even see a reason to be negative. Like, when you really think about it from an overall perspective, when is there a good reason to be like, I can't? Like, I can't do something. Right. Right. And we've used that word so much and we don't understand the, the effect that it's having on our brain. Like I said, I'm big on psychology. I'm big on the human brain and what that does and so I realized that I am is so much powerful than I'm trying. Absolutely. Like think about it, I'm trying. I'm trying. That that's that's cute, but I am. I am. Well, mm -hmm. Man, that authority I am is power. It power. tells your mm -hmm. brain like yo, we about to get things done. Right. Like it gives you more height. It gives you more energy when you say I am versus saying I'm trying to. So life and death is in the power of the tongue is very very real. And I just encourage people to use use powerful words, use bold words. I am. I'm going to. I'm in the process. I'm just going through a setback, but I'm going to. Like, use I am to assert things into your life instead of saying I'm trying, I'm supposed to, I'm hoping, I'm wishing. If you just really analyze the words, it'll, it'll tell you in your face and you realize how weak you sound when you say, man, I'm trying. I was hoping the other day and I'm wishing versus I am. Right. See what I'm saying? It's more power. That it's right there powerful. is so powerful. And it's like, that's all I want people to know is that you can take control of your life in a whole nother way by just speaking life into yourself, speaking life into others, believing in yourself. And without getting into the psychology side of it, just know that the word I am is way more powerful than the word I'm trying to, I'm going to, uh, I hope, I wish. That isn't more powerful than saying I am. Right. And speaking it into existence means there's no nothing wrong with, you know, Muhammad Ali was the best at it, I think, when he was just saying, I am the greatest, when he was speaking that beforehand. And it, and it, the fact that he was bold enough to speak it gave his brain the energy and actions to go out there and put it into action in the ring. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, when we did this interview two years ago and I was able to speak like, yo, I am. And then here we are in the shop that wasn't even thought of like it wasn't it wasn't touch you couldn't touch it but i was speaking it way before it happened speaking it into existence and, and like I said, like just that to me i'm always now i'm like i'm mindful of the words that i use because like i said i'm i'm thankful for the job that i have don't mm -hmm. get me wrong but everything the, the path that i'm on i know is that point in time is coming because i i don't 
it like you say, it kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes when I have to ask somebody for my freedom. Hey, can mm-hmm. I do this? And I don't want people to take it the wrong way. It's like mm-hmm. it's no pride in having a job. There's nothing wrong with having a job. But just for me and the path that I'm on, I, I just cherish my freedom, like you were saying. And I love doing what we're doing. But and I look at it like I'm doing X, Y, and Z for this company. But if I need this time off, sometimes I can't get it. And I'm like, hey, I do all this for you guys, and and some time that I need off, I can't get it. So it's like, okay, I know that time is coming for me. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to transition from, from working here to having my own yeah. creating opportunity. So it's like absolutely like you were saying. It's just that power of the tongue. But something something else I want to talk to you about also with, with entrepreneurship. Sometimes I feel like, and Dr. Nika White, she alluded to this when I interviewed mm-hmm. her a couple of years ago. It's like the sense of like isolation sometimes. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. when you're on this journey, like you feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And, and at times... I feel the same way. Um, it's just like I don't. Sometimes I feel like maybe no. Well, it's my vision, and everybody may not see what I'm what I'm trying to build. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I I feel like like a little down on myself. Sometimes I like man, I look at my friends with they buy homes and mm-hmm. they get married and everything. I'm like man, am I? Sometimes I think to myself, am I really doing the right thing? Because yeah. I love what I'm doing. I'm just like man, my friends they're doing all this stuff, this, these great things as well. And I'm like sometimes I just feel like. I'm alone on this journey, but I like I know I, I have to do it because of what I want to do in my in life. And yeah. like I feel like I just have this great purpose and they do as well. But it's like sometimes that isolation is just it's just something about the isolation and entrepreneurship. Speak to like oh, speak man. to that. Isolation is needed. It's gonna be your best friend. Um I always say, man, so you can hear God clearly and, and so you can hear your inner thoughts clearly. So you can hear what where you're trying to go, man. Um you gotta be isolated. Isolation has to become your best friend because you're gonna be in a lonely world. You gotta realize what you're talking about here. You're looking at three percent of the world that do what we do. Three percent. When you look at that number, you're not supposed to look to your left and right and, and find somebody that understand your mind. Right. You would love to, but not everybody's gonna understand that because it's like it's like when I was working a job, nobody understood me. Wanting to leave. Mm-hmm. I didn't have nobody to talk to. So I had to turn the books. I had to do a lot of reading. I had to do a lot of self-evaluation. I had to realize that the world owes you nothing. Nobody owes you nothing. But yet the world is there for the taking to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I had to become isolated so I can start believing in myself more. So I can start hearing God's voice when he speaks. So I can start hearing everything that I need to hear so I can see things that uh, I didn't see before. It, it brings a lot of light to your life when you go into isolation. Mm-hmm. You start to see, you start to understand a lot of things that you can do without. Mm-hmm. I really didn't need all of that. I really didn't need, you know what I mean? And you start to really get in tune with who you are. Um, isolation has been my best friend. It still is, man. I mm-hmm. love my peace. I love being alone. I love taking trips by myself. I love staying in touch with me. Mm-hmm. So isolation is going to be your best friend because you're going to start to realize that people around you are not going to understand what you're trying to do. I always tell people, it's not the world's problem to understand your vision. It's your problem to bring that vision to life and help them understand what you were trying to get them to see. You know what I mean? It's like if I'm sitting here talking about something all the time, it wasn't until the sign goes up and people are able to ride by and see Big Ben's desserts now. And they see the vision come to life. Now they understand why I didn't go out and party. Now they understand why I didn't have a girlfriend and all this stuff. Like now you see why I was isolated and what I was spending my time doing. Mm-hmm. I was trying to bring something to life that took a lot of work and man hours to manifest. So 
people are not going to understand. That's just the problem. You're going to have a lot of people that maybe start saying, man, Carlos has changed. He's not the same. He don't do the same things no more. He don't right. go over here and hoop with us no more. He don't do this. Mm-hmm. That's because you got to get to a space where you can understand. It's, man, it's such a mental battle. I tell it people is. every day you get up, it's you versus you, man. You got to convince your other self that you can do this. That's that you so ain't true. crazy, man. Yeah. So you got to be in isolation to, to get a hold mm-hmm. of yourself. Because if you're around people, like I said, you can't see in a crowd. Mm-hmm. So if you got that, your life is too clustered, you got too many people around, you're not going to be able to see clearly. But when you by yourself and you settle things down, you start to look things, you start to see things a little clearer. You start to be able to understand things more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I said, that that I'm glad you said it because, like I said, sometimes I'm down like, man, am I what? This path that I'm on is, is mm-hmm. am I doing the right thing? You know, I, I have to make a lot of Man, a lot of sacrifices. And, I don't want to cut up. you off, but I wanted to definitely touch on something you said about watching people do things like like you feel like are you doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, meaning you you be you become a certain age and you see other couples getting married or you see other couples uh, having children or you see other couples buying homes and mm-hmm. you start to compare yourself to them people. That is the number one mistake people make. Don't ever. Compare right. yourself to other people. Don't ever feel like because someone is making a move faster than you you have. Uh, the tortoise and the hare is a perfect example. We learned when we were kids, man. It don't matter who's starting the race first. Mm-hmm. It's not a race for one. So don't ever compare yourself or, or think that because someone is the same age as you and they're further along with you. Because I've talked to a lot of people that struggle with that. Comparing themselves to their friends and say, well, my friend, she's younger than me and she's already got a career and she's already right. got a condo and her house and she's got a boyfriend. That's in it. Why are you looking at that person's life comparing yourself to it when you got to be on your own journey? Absolutely. All that could be coming for you 10 years later. And then mm-hmm. guess what? I hate to say it, but 10 years later, that same couple could be divorced and broken Absolutely. up. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. It ain't even about what's going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that that's life. Mm -hmm. It don't matter who got married first. It matters who can who gonna stay married, right? Mm -hmm. Or it don't matter who bought the house first. Somebody house is going to foreclosure every day. Absolutely. So you know how many people had said I bought this house and then ten years later can't afford it. It goes into foreclosure. And then mm-hmm. the person that was jealous of them when they bought their house ten years ago is just now buying theirs. All I'm saying is focus on you, man. Take that energy and put it all on you. Do not, I don't, I mean, I don't think about other people's businesses in life. I I promise you I don't. I might scroll Facebook for some entertainment. Don't get me wrong like everybody else, but I don't go deep enough to be trying to worry about they life. Right. I got to put all this in these cakes, man. I got to get up and bake. I ain't got time to be trying to deeply worry about, oh, this person got a business before me or, oh, they got more custom. No, man. Mm-hmm. No, do not make that mistake. I think that is crucial. And so many people put time and energy and effort in other people's lives, and they don't understand how much energy they're taking away from themselves. You can use all that energy to be manifesting your life. Absolutely. Don't compare yourself to other people. That is a big mistake. Man. Absolutely. What What would you say was something that maybe in the past you struggled with, or something you may struggle with now? What would you something like anything? Struggling? Anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um. I think, man, I get up and face demons like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I'm not some perfect man. I, like I said, the battle is you versus you. So I struggle with me every day. I struggle with believing that I can still do this. I struggle with 
having to stay focused. I struggle with having to believe that, hey, man, we, we still can do this despite what's coming against me. Um, so I have my own battles every day. Mm-hmm. But I think that's needed because you don't grow without the struggle. You don't grow without the opposition, man. If any day, like I tell people, I could, man, nobody, people could wake up one day and decide they don't ever want to get a cake from me again. You, you got to always be prepared to make the next move. You got to always be prepared to step in and do the work. Like I said, I have six employees, but let's say uh, tomorrow when we open, all of them say they quit. I don't quit. I jump into all roles and I get on the cashier. I serve. I do everything that's needed to run this business. Right. So you struggle with just the self-belief to always believe and you can do it. Nobody ever has to figure it out and nobody ever just makes it to this point where everything's okay. I don't care if you got a billion dollars or you got a dollar in your pocket. Nobody is better than the other and nobody just had to figure it out. So if I had to pick what I struggle with, it's just I struggle with defeating myself every day. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm going to war with me and I'm going to win that battle every day, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I want to talk about, I watch your, you know, I watch your videos okay. all the time. And I wonder what you recently talking about with that was that quote from Inky Johnson is, can you, can you stay, I might paraphrase a little bit, commitment, yeah, and can you stay committed to it long after that mood is, is past talk? Because uh, I love Inky Johnson, mm-hmm. man. He's, he's one of the best motivational speakers. Hey, He's one of the best. Shout out to my man, Inky yeah, Johnson, I love man. I've never met the guy. I just started following him years ago, but he's a true. his journey is consistent. Yeah. His story is amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't get any promotion from this, but Inky Johnson, he's a great guy to follow and uh, uh, learn a lot from. But that one thing, and I'm not, I don't think he created the quote. I think he used it for somebody else, but he is just the one that said it the best that made it resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And that's why speaking is so different because you can speak, and I can speak, but you may reach people that I can't reach. Absolutely. So when Inky said it, it hit me in a place. And I think I was in a time in my life where I needed to hear it. Because like I said, it's a struggle to get up every day and honor a commitment that you said when you were in a good mood. That's just mm-hmm. like relationships and marriages. You may get married and you on that altar and you like, baby, I love you and tears coming down your eyes and y'all so emotional and y'all everybody's wrapped up. In the, in the pictures and it looks good and you say, baby, I do and we married but then you got to go home to that house by yourself with just her and you got to wake up the next day and when she going through something you going through something and and you may not, well, you may wake up on the wrong side of the bed but guess what, you still got to be the husband you said you was going to be, you can't so, wake up and decide, oh today I'm not going to be a husband right that don't, that don't work like that, a commitment is mm-hmm. staying true to what you said you was going to do long after the mood you set it in has mm-hmm. left. And I know for a fact, everybody has been through that. I uh-huh. use an example of how I remember my one of my friends needed help moving. And he was over to the house and he was like, man, I don't know how I got to get this stuff moved in the morning. I said, man, I'll help you, man, because we sit back chilling and, and, and having a good time. So I'm like, man, I'll help you, man, no problem. The next morning come, I literally wake up tired as I don't know what. I'm like, ooh. I'm already thinking in my head what to tell him to make an excuse. I'm in bed like, man, what am I going to say? I, I, uh, I'm sick or something. And then something hit me. It was just like, man, get your butt up and go help him move like you said you was going to do. Right. And so that's when you're ready to be successful. When you're ready to weed out all the opposition that's going to come against you. When you're ready to stay committed because every day is not going to look the same. Mm-hmm. Every day ain't going to be sunshine and rainbow. And you still got to get up with that same fight. 
you still got to get up. I don't feel like getting up and baking every day, like I said, but my commitment to what I said I was going to do helps me get out of that stump and get in that kitchen and make it happen because that's what I said I'm going to do. I'm committed to the, to my community. I'm committed to the kids that need to hear me speak one day. I, I may have not been there, but if I stop doing what I'm doing, have to go back to getting a job, and then I'm on someone else's time frame, and then somebody says, hey, can you come speak to these kids? And I have to say no because I dropped the ball when I was free. So it's staying true to what you said you was going to do long after the mood you set it in has left. I think if we can master being committed and staying committed to what we say we're going to do, uh, the, the possibilities are endless to what we can achieve in life. So I think I see it all the time, like with social media, people like say with these jobs, they hate this job, I'm, I'm going to quit, I'm leaving. And then sometimes when I, I know a lot of times when I go out, I mean, I don't feel like doing this today yeah. and I'm like, I, I have to do something to change my circumstances. And uh -huh. I, was like, I feel like if you'll get to a point where when you're tired of what you're going through, like it don't matter. It's no matter what it is, no matter your circumstances, like you'll do whatever it is to get out of those circumstances. So and I know a lot that. of times, like you said, you might feel like that in that moment, but how are you going to feel later on? Like a lot of times when you get off work, you may be like, you know what, let me go home, take get a little snack and lay down and relax. Mm -hmm. And then when you get, you get back comfortable again, you're like, ah, I think I'll be all right. The next day come, you may feel that way once you get back to work again. You're frustrated. Yeah. You want to quit. And you get back home, and the same thing. You just get relaxed. You're back in your comfort zone again. Yeah. It's just like you know what? You just don't never. You never push you yourself. You gotta up. be tired. Absolutely. Tired, tired. Like you gotta be mm -hmm. so tired that you no longer complain. You do something about it. Mm -hmm. Ain't no more just tired for the moment. Cause you're right. That's big that you mm -hmm. brought that up. Because a lot of people would just get tired for that day, yep. or they'll get tired, like you said, go home and sleep it off and wake up and forget about it. Yep. No, you got to be so tired mm -hmm. to where, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm doing something about it. Ain't, ain't no going back. Mm -hmm. Ain't no just being tired for a day and, uh, you know, put a little pacifier in your mind, then you, you go back to the same old way. Uh-uh. You got to be tired to the point where it forces you to change and do something different. Yeah, so we got a few more questions and we'll get ready to wrap it up. And we okay. also have a special announcement also okay. that we want to do. But um, for people that, that want to change their life, and live the life that they want to live, what would you tell them to do? Just I mean, it's ultimately, it's up to them. You know, they have to do it for themselves. But like, if they say, hey, Ben, I really want to do this. And I w I'm not happy that the path that I'm on right now with my life, like mm -hmm. or work or whatever it is, what should I do? What, what kind of advice would you give? Man, um, that's tough because I'm more of a, I'm more of a tell it like it is, man. So it's hard for me to kind of just, how can I put it? Like I can't, I, 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 I feel like if, if you're really tired or you really want to make change, you have to take control. Like you can't just be talking about it anymore. But I would tell the average person is don't be afraid to start small. Mm -hmm. And I think when we say we want to make changes in our life or we want to do something different, we get scared because we think we have to make this big drastic change. Like we think, oh, we got to, you got to quit your job. I ain't ready to quit my job yet. Okay, don't quit your job yet. But at least when you get off your job, do something that's helping you get out of the job. Right. Or like I always tell them, work the job, don't let the job work you. Meaning if you got, if you work in the job, then I'm going to work that job to go buy the equipment that I need, right? So if I wanted to be a videographer and I ain't got a camera, Oh, I need to put in some overtime this week so I can go buy this camera. 
general principle all the time to go by to stand for it, right? So that's that's the definition of working a job, not letting it work you. Um, another thing is just like I said, start small. Don't be afraid to take baby steps. Um, if you're working harder on the job than you're working on yourself, that's going to be an issue. So if you're willing yeah, to work eight hours on the job, you should be willing to work nine hours on yourself. And what I mean by working on yourself, meaning self-investment, reading, uh, learning yourself, or doing that thing that you want to do with whatever craft that is. So if I was cutting grass and I worked first shift, I would get up in the morning and go to my job. But then I would co-cut grass till sun goes down. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna be working on getting out of the job just as hard as you're working on the job. So I think it's just a matter of starting small. I think that'll help people get a better understanding of what I'm trying to say is start small, take baby steps, just whatever you do, don't stop moving. Absolutely. What what would you say is the the, the number one question people will often ask you when they come here and, and speak to you or want to pick your brain? What would you say is something they ask you quite often? I think they always just surprised that why am I baking? Like what got me in the baking? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that's the most more curious thing. And when you come in and you see football stuff on the wall and stuff like that, you're thinking to yourself, well, how does a football player go from football to bacon? And it's, it's really simple. It's just I was willing to do whatever it took to get the life that I'm wanting. And it's mm-hmm. not like a, like I'm just basically saying bacon showed its face. Right. Bacon showed itself as an opportunity. Like I said, it could have been Big Ben's window washing. It could have been Big Ben's uh, landscaping. It, it could have been Big Ben's trash pickup. It was an opportunity that showed its face. And I was like, okay, I'm willing to work hard at this particular thing. So let's say let's say people paying $100 a day for you to pick up their trash out their yard. I'm just throwing it out there. Well, my pride is set aside. I go pick up the trash. You're paying $100 a day. I go get me 10 yards a day. That's $1,000 a day. Making $30,000 a month picking up trash. Like, it gives me the finances and the freedom. So, I think they, they're curious about what made me transition to bacon. And like I always tell them, it's just, it was the opportunity. Um, I didn't know how to bake. I didn't know anything about it. But uh, I could make this banana pudding. Um and through that banana pudding, people enjoyed it. And through that, they started challenging me to do other things. Like the, the demand came for cakes. So through the banana pudding, people were like, well, do you bake cakes? Can you make a red velvet? Mm-hmm. And I was so tired of my job that I didn't know to complain. I did something about it. To do something about so it. when cake showed his face, I went all in. I submitted and surrendered to baking cakes. And here we are. Yes. As somebody who played one of the top players in high school, and you go to college and you mm-hmm. play at the highest level of pro, and you come back home and you work a nine to five, mm-hmm. and then you start your own business, yeah. would you consider yourself somewhat of like the American dream? As somebody who went to the highest level of the pros, you work like a like the average person, and then create your own opportunity, would you consider yourself like the American dream? Um, actually, I would. Um. Because I feel like the American dream is just being able to take control of your life. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, we live in America where a person can literally be walking on the street one day and they can hit the lottery for $10 million. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could. we live in an American dream because someone could, once again, be on the street and sing, a video, sing in a video and it goes viral and you get a record deal. I feel That's like it. you could live the American dream because someone could be working a nine-to-five like I was feel that they deserve and want more out of life and then start their own business and go be successful with that. 
That is the American dream. I don't so, think the American dream necessarily means rich. I think the American dream just means you are able to take control of your life and turn it into the life you want it to be. That's the American dream. Like you're living the life you saw for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's why I always ask the average person, what's your vision for yourself? Like write that down on paper. What does that look like? Like what does success look like for you? Because success is different for different yep. people. You could be a successful stay-at-home mom. Like you really could. Like you could be a successful garbage man. Like you could be success in anything. Success doesn't have a price number on it. I think we can get uh, mixed up by thinking, oh, uh, so-and-so signed a $400 million contract and we say, oh, that person's successful. But they could be a horrible husband, horrible dad. Mm -hmm. But true. we we labeling them this success, but they could have all the money in the world, but they could be a horrible person. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's successful in my book. So it's it's I think it takes a lot of guts because yes, I've played in the NFL, I've been to Europe and traveled a little bit of the world, and then you don't play in the NFL no more. You don't make that kind of money no more. And you have to go get a regular job. A lot of people talk about you. A lot of people mm -hmm. make it seem like oh you're a failure, you're a has been. A lot of people talk say a lot of things about you. And they don't even know you. Luckily, I do not care. I've never cared about what people thought. So I was able to take control of my life by not caring. Mm -hmm. I'm humble enough to go work a nine to five. I'm humble enough to scoop dog poop out of somebody's yard if they're going to pay me. I don't do. I'm telling you, right. like, I'm in it to win. Absolutely. I do not care what other people think. If you're going to pay me to scoop up dog poop and, you, and I can turn that into a business, guess what? Big Ben poop scoopers. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. I don't care what you're talking about, man. Right. Like, oh, you used to play in the NFL and now you scooping dog poop. That's what I do now. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like if people get out of their head what they other people think, they will be more successful. They will make better decisions for themselves because they wouldn't be concerned about what somebody else is going to say or what Absolutely. somebody else is going to think. And that could be a big asset to you when you just take control and do what you feel is right for you. Um, so, yes, I consider the American dream being able to go from the highest to the low and then also take your power back and go do whatever you feel that makes you happy. Absolutely. As we get ready to wind down, uh, you know, last time we, we did a close towards the end of the interview, we, we talked about books. You know, I'm like a book. You know, uh, I love books. Like yeah. Since that last time we talked... Man, I just have a stack of books, and you know, sometimes I I wrote an article, I posted it on my website of books that I would recommend mm -hmm. for people, and uh, like I I buy books, I, I post them so people will see what I'm what I'm reading, yeah, to see what's like what's inspiring mm -hmm. me. But uh, what what are some books that you would recommend for people to read? Man, I, my list ain't changed. Mm. I've read a lot of books, man, but when I tell you a certain one that hit you, man, and that was Rich Dad Poor Dad being that. I still love that it, book. It's not number one. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill mm -hmm. is hands down the number one book I've ever read for me. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because it tells you on top of the book when you buy it, it says this book could be worth a million dollars to you. It tells you on the top. And I never forget the first day I looked at it, I said, man, like, what do they mean? Ain't no money in here. These pages are going to turn into dollars. But when I started reading it, I understood what it was saying. And it's so much knowledge. I mean, it covers every single aspect that you could think of. Um, and I think people get caught up in us talking about, like, they want book recommendations. And I get that. I really do. But I'm here to say that it doesn't matter what you read if you're not in a place to receive what you read. That's true. Because you could read. The, I, I've told people about Think and Grow Rich. And then I've seen him again, and, they, and I've said, did you read the book? Oh, yeah, it was good. 
It didn't change your and life. That was it. Yeah. It didn't inspire you. So everybody's not going to get the same mm-hmm. information. So it don't matter what book you tell me to read. Mm-hmm. I got to be in a place to receive the information that's in the book. Absolutely. Think about that. So no, I'm not taking away from the list or anything. I'm just saying that the books that had the most impact on me out of all that I read mm-hmm. was Think and Grow Rich, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. Greater by Stephen Furtick. Um, and that's because it's a story of just burning the boats. It's a story of becoming greater. It's a story mm-hmm. of believing that uh, just because I pay my tithes, live next door, treat my neighbor nice, then I'm a good Christian, that that's okay. No, you can do more. Mm-hmm. You can be greater. I'm just here to get people to get out of mediocrity. Stop being okay with being mediocre. Stop being okay with just being satisfied and just enough to pay your bills. Like, you don't have to live like that. Mm-hmm. There's more to life than just what you see. I always tell people, you, you, if you, if somebody told you, if you're scared to leave your comfort zone, but somebody said, hey, I got a job for you in California, it's paying a million dollars a day, but you're going to have to move out to California. Some people are turning that down mm-hmm. because they're so scared of leaving this small town. Yeah. True. So I'm telling you that you can't blame the world. It's you. When you change your life, change. If you get better, your life will get better. It's that simple. Absolutely. One of the books I tell you, um, and you may have read it already. I want to. Uh, it was so good that I actually uh, bought an ebook. And normally, I'm, I like to buy books that I can have on hand. But it was a book that I read earlier this year. Probably one of my favorite books I read this year. Mm-hmm. It was called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Mm. And man, it, it, it was powerful because basically it was about finding your purpose. It was about his lawyer. That. He was just like very successful. He had everything, the money, the car, he was married and everything. But he was like the most pop, popular uh, lawyer. But he was just so driven with his career mm-hmm. that he forgot who he was. Mm-hmm. And it took him a near-death heart attack mm-hmm. before he took a step back and he walked away from being a lawyer. And went, went to, he became a monk mm-hmm. and he found his purpose. Yeah. So it was just a powerful book, man. It's all about, you know, just finding your purpose and and. And not letting like whatever you do become who you are, man. basically. Yeah, and, it, and I and mean, that man, you. Yeah, absolutely. It was one of the best books that I read this year. I would tell anybody, like, but like you said, you have to be willing to to receive, to receive it. what yeah, you're absolutely. reading. And I think because I think literally, I don't think there's a good book or a bad book out there. I think it's, it's what you do. You know that you could watch a movie. I know you didn't see it. You watched a movie that you hadn't seen in ten years, and you go back and watch it, and you see something different in the movie you never saw. You'd be mm-hmm. like, the whole time I didn't know so-and-so played yep. in that movie. That's Absolutely. because you have to repeatedly give things a chance. You, you, you're not, you got to be in a, in a position to see something different. It's the same movie. You're just noticing different things. So I just encourage people that when they start to pick up books, that they're in a position. See, I went looking for books. Books mm-hmm. didn't have to find me. I specifically went through to the library, this bookstore in Greenville. I never forget it. The day I bought both of them. And I made I took a picture and it's on my Instagram and I love going back through my Instagram to see the days that I made certain decisions. But I went to go look for those books. I was in a place in my life where I was so tired of my current living situation that I said it's got to be more than this. Let me go look for something. I went to the library, bought Think and Grow Rich, and bought Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad was a book that I had heard about for years and years, but never picked it up and read it. I always heard about it, never read it. So I said, why not start here? Mm-hmm. Bought it on my own, bought the hard copy because at that time I didn't want nothing to do with online, nothing. I wanted the book in my hand to force me to read. Mm-hmm. But now audio books are great. Um, I did the, the new 50 Cent book. I love that book. I, I bought um, that one. 
That's on audio. Uh, David Goggins can't hurt me. Who is another great guy? Do not follow David Goggins. He'll tell you himself if you're not ready to hear the truth. It's just that simple because he's one of the more core guys that's just all about change and no excuses. And I love him for that because he's helped me a lot with just cutting out a lot of the fluff, a lot of the excuses, a lot of the things that we tell ourselves to hold us back. Mm-hmm. But um, I was looking for him. So, uh, like I said, there's a million and one great books. I don't, I don't, I just, I mean, it is like that. I, I'm not, I try to recommend books when I can, don't get me wrong, but I had to take a step back and realize I can recommend a million books, man, but if people not in a, uh, a space to receive it, they're not going to receive it. They're not going to take it the take right it. way. And I can honestly say that because my mom introduced me to the book called The Secret, like, which also changed too. my life. Mm-hmm. When I tell you my mom gave it to me too uh, early in my life, the book looked like Chinese to me. The language of it. I didn't know Chinese, so I can't speak it, so that's what it looked like to me. And then here we are, I think it was close to almost 10 years later, she introduced me again, and I received it, and it helped change my life. As we get ready to wind down, um, one of the things that we're going to do as far as these special announcements. Yeah, go ahead, man. We are going to uh, go on tour. Something me and my partner Calvin mm-hmm. we have a lot of great work. He helped make a lot of this successful. But we will be going on tour. It's called the Self Investment Tour. And, Congratulations, uh, man. So we appreciate it. So it actually just came by, you know, for me, like I said. A lot of stuff that you were saying, you know, sometimes we, we get in our own heads and we have our doubts and kind of like talk ourselves out of things. But yeah. it was for me, you know, I was just saying, you know what? I do a lot of research and I look, I reach out to entrepreneurs and I and try to, a lot of times I would see where they're located. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? They're too far away. I ain't gonna worry about it. We're gonna just try to stay here. Mm-hmm. But then I said, you know what? We're gonna really do this thing, give it all we got. Let's just go all the way here. Exactly. And I already love it. That's, that's the best way to do it. So we will be going on a tour, we're doing a self investment tour, um, kicking off this weekend. We will be in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, some of the other places we'll be will be in Greensboro, North Carolina, the love Charlotte. It. Uh, stopping Columbia and Greenville, some places around here. Um, actually, in November we'll be booked for Jacksonville, so mm-hmm. for Jacksonville, Florida. So, I love it, man. Something, man. Like, I give you a lot of credit, and I said I wanted to, to do it here because the way that you impacted my life, man, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for it. Mm-hmm. That, so, that's the perfect time. To, that's great to hear that, man. People know we will be going to, we'll be doing a self-investment tour. That's what we like to call it because we're investing in ourselves. We put up our own money. Showing it, yeah, just showing it, man. That's what I'm talking about. Like, like life is too short. Why are we playing games? Why are we waiting around? Why we, like, I love it. I love the way you just taking, taking, taking it in your hands. Like you're not waiting on nobody. You're not saying, hey, can you sponsor? Hey, no. You taking your own money. You putting your own dough up. You taking control of your life, and you going to show people that it's more to the world. And it's like I always tell my speaking people, I can't ask you to have big faith. I'm not living big faith in my life. So I'm, I'm proud of you, man. And to know great to meet a lot of great people, man. Yeah. Just something we, we talked about, you know. Like I said, I give my part of Calvin a lot of credit, but a lot of times he impacts me Yeah. what he knows. And one of the things I'll never forget when we went to Charleston for an interview and that was the first time he told me, man, this is the first time I ever been to Charleston. Mm-hmm. That made me feel good knowing that 
something that you yeah, created. Yeah. yeah, something you created has introduced yeah. another person to a new experience. Uh, exactly. That's why God says your gifts will make room for you. Your gifts will show you things, man. Shoot, something that's in your son saying he want to have his birthday party here. Like, I created something that he sees fit to have a party at. Just something that small makes me excited and gives me motivation to keep pushing. I got to be open. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'll be looking for it. Yeah, I can't. I got to go hard now. Yeah, absolutely, be looking for it. And it was important for me also to break the law so he could kind of see this, like this experience, mm -hmm. also this part, like the leadership, bringing your opportunity. Mm -hmm. Not that I want to force it on him, like, hey, you need to you just get the wheels turning. Yeah, that's all it's about. You got his wheels turning. You got him curious. You expose him to something new, and that's all you can do as a parent. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. You are doing an amazing job, man. You're showing something new. And that's what it's all about, is just the exposure and giving them options, letting them know you got this and you got this and you got this and you got this, son, and you got this. That's all it is. Yeah, that's, that's a great parent to me. Absolutely. So I greatly appreciate it, man. This has been a great journey, like I said, from where we were two years ago yeah. to where we are now the entire process. Mm -hmm. it's, been, it's been a great journey, man, and I, I'm glad to keep going on. Like I said, more than a job, it was just, I hadn't had a name for it or anything, but it was just, you know, it came to that point. Like, I did to see how the broad and I care to do it more than that. You know what? Poor is not a problem, it's more than a job. Yeah. And man, we just been, we've been going, we've been growing uh, on a lot of more, a lot of different platforms now. Um, like, we just just been doing things on the fly, just taking a chance. But, like you said, you don't take a chance, you'll never know what's happening. Yeah. So, man, I, I can't thank you enough. You had a great impact on my life. Thank you, brother. Like I said, that's the biggest compliment you could ever give me. I don't want nothing from nobody, man, but somebody let you know that how you live your life has impacted how they live their life. You don't get no bigger than that. You don't get a bigger compliment than that. Period. So, so I'll, before we close out, I'll go ahead and give you the final word uh, for the people that's watching. I'll let you take the floor and give you the final word. Man, uh, if there's anything I can say to anybody, man, it's just uh, believe in yourself, man. Don't waste time. Don't let other people uh, deter you from what you believe in. Take control of your life, man. Like I said, you can't get out of this thing alive. Take risks, explore, find out who you are. You can't find out who you are without stretching, without changing your life, doing different things. Uh, learn something new. Challenge yourself every day to learn something new. Um, the most important thing is working on you. If the battle is you versus you, not the world. Don't compare yourself to other people. Stay true to what you believe in, man. Stay on course. Start your journey, man. Start your journey with yourself. Uh, fall in love with yourself. Uh, keep faith, man. Write your vision down. Make it plain. Uh, and just, just don't be afraid to try something new, man. There's so much to live, so much to see in this world. And I just, uh, it's, it's always a sad thing when people just think that their world consists of, of, of this and this, going to work and paying bills. There's nothing wrong with having a job. I will never condemn a job. I am so thankful and grateful for every job opportunity I have had. It has taught me something about myself. However, do not get caught up. Do not be afraid of change. One thing I understood when I left my job was that I could always go back and get a job. So why not take a chance to go see if this could work? If it don't, I'll go back and get a job. But do not live the rest of your life on what could have been. Please at least go give it a try. 
and then if it don't work, you can live and die peacefully knowing at least you gave one the thing all you want. But I'm here to tell you, if you put your mind, your focus, your time, and your energy, you cannot fail. I love you. Man, I thank you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, people who didn't get a chance to watch it live, you will be able to go back and play it on Amazon Music, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, I think I said that. Mm -hmm. So we're on all these great platforms, like I said, we've been growing. Uh, so, I, so if you haven't been able to watch it there, please uh, go check it out there. Also, if you would like to be a part of the, uh, the uh, self-investment tour, uh, we still have some spots available. Like I said, we have a lot of them booked already. We'll still grow. We'd love to have more people on our platform. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank y'all for support being. Thank you again. Well, I appreciate you, man. I value you. I love you, man. Thank you. I love you. Big impact on my life. So everybody tune in. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, chasing your dreams across my podcast.